Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast HP Hosts. We're your hosts, Sam and Maddie. What up? Uh, today, we're talking about the White Lotus season two, episode three, called Bull Elephants, as always, written and directed by Mike White. Um, and quickly, going to give you a spoiler warning. We are talking about this episode. If you have not seen this episode, do not listen to this. Uh, also, the entire second season and first season of White Lotus are on the table for discussion. So, um, <laughs> all right, let's get into it. There's a lot to talk about. So let's kick it off with overall thoughts. Maddie, what did you, what did you think? Um, well, first, let me say I'm just a little high idiot. And for like the first 30 minutes, I thought I read Blue Elephants. I was like, oh, <laughs> Blue Elephants for the title. I was like, oh, I wonder what this is going to be about. And then I watched it again today and I was like, Bull Elephants. All right. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if that changes a lot, but regardless. Um, overall thoughts. Uh, I think, you know, tension is building, it's rising, it's horny men. Mm-hmm. Man, are they horny? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Good you know, yeah. so um I think that navigating a horny man world is tough for a lady. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that was my my overall thoughts, honestly. <laughs> in all forms, like whether you're getting hit on, whether you're doing it for work, like whether you're in a relationship, like navigating horny men is like, wow. All right, here we are. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I w- I thought this episode was great. Um, it gave me a lot of the things that season one gave me that I loved so much um, when we're talking about like, interpersonal politics um so yeah i loved that there were a couple shots that were absolutely fucking gorgeous that i'm just like yeah so many yeah so many it's it it was so many yes um but yeah no i thought it was great horny men absolutely i mean we can just end the pod right here because (laughs) before you're so right but just getting away from horny men for a second if we can because they're everywhere um i am glad that you brought up the scenes because i've noticed that they've been doing a lot of slowed down scenes of like nature and the water and the rocks and like honestly it's so gorgeous and another thing i don't even know if i've said it on one of these podcasts yet but the scoring Mm -hmm. the scoring is so well done i just want the instrumental track like just how it is with all of the pausing how it is like it is thrilling just to listen to it i'm like wow this is very good so um definitely my overall thought is just like well done yeah um yes on uh that note with just the scoring i really really love um the like notes to Sicilian history and in that movies like The Godfather and like Milena that we see Milena is one of my favorite movies it's fucking amazing and there's a really iconic scene that they redid in a very good way in this episode so I loved that um I love the the history you know I'm a big like movie person so that I loved that too and I love that Mike White is doing it and it's almost like he's paying homage to it and he's not using those things in a tacky way. Um, 
So yeah, that was just one thing. Um, okay, we are going to follow the same structure that we did in the last episode for episode two, where our talking points are going to go basically kind of beginning, middle, end, after party end, where, because this this episode was built out the same way, where we wake up with everyone, we have the, the excursions with everyone, we have dinner with everyone, and then we have the aftermath um, during the night. So uh, so I guess we'll, the first thing that we see is the hotel manager, Valentina in the coffee shop. Um, yes. and, and this, I think really, and we get another, uh, quick thing with her later when she's eating lunch, lunch mm-hmm. uh, that I didn't put in the notes, but, um, I think we're, we're like just getting small hints of who she is. And so I like that. I feel like they're building her up to be even more important than she is right now. Um, But one thing I loved about the coffee shop is that that is absolutely how it is in Italy, where, like, you don't sit down with your coffee. You literally just get espresso. So, like, you're standing there. The quicker you could get in and out, the better. So this guy trying to bother her, she's like, don't fucking do that. Like, stop. This is my time. This is my fucking two minutes this morning that I get to myself. Yes. Get out of here. I mean, and honestly, like, I just loved just the businesswoman aspect of it. Like, get in there, get out of my way. I'm trying to get shit done. Mm-hmm. I'm on, I'm on a mission, baby. Like, I'm out here doing stuff. So yeah, yeah I did appreciate that. And just like, you know, coffee culture. I love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm there. So, and then we get uh I think we'll go right into Dom. Um, you know, we, we get a scene of him waking up with Mia and Lucia being there. Um, and I want to just like follow this, you know, like talking about him all the way through breakfast, because obviously his dad sees the two girls leaving and Mm -hmm. this man, Bert reminds me more and more of my grandmother every day with how (laughs) like loose lipped he is. Truly. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, let's talk about Dom. Let's talk about the aftermath let's talk about him at breakfast uh you know him and Bert him and the girls all that yeah so it's god he is frustrating he is frustrating Mm -hmm. um so there's a couple things that are happening and we see it a couple times in the episode Bert kind of like I don't know like is like weirdly calling him out Mm mm-hmm for it you know he's like i saw the girls and he's like what girls and he's like you know the girls he's like you mean the maids which mm-hmm. i'm like oh my god men will say anything they will come up with anything on the spot and i think honestly that's the point like because we see that again later with lb which I, we don't have to jump to that now but the way that dom kind of is like okay this is bad I'm having a change of heart, which I'm sure he's had a bunch of times before, you know, like in quotations. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, I don't know. It's just like they, they'll they say anything. They'll say fucking anything anytime. Uh, yeah. And I um, feel like he did that to Albie even. Like, even though it was like coded in like a almost positive, I was like, bro, like that, you just don't sound believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. guess what? The like past behavior is the best indicator of future behavior. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, yeah, history repeats itself. We see it time and time again. And then, you know, he is outright calling himself a sex addict. We yeah. Know, you know, that addiction is something that's hard to, you know, get over and, and beat. So it's like, we can only assume that it's been a lifelong thing of him doing the same thing and then making the same mistakes. So, um, mm. Okay, uh, then we got to one of your favorite scenes, which is Harper and the PJs. Just want to quickly uh, this. Yeah, uh, that, that cute little yellow number. Yeah, um, I don't even want to talk about what happens because fuck Ethan again in the scene. But we will talk about how cute Aubrey Plaza played this moment. And honestly, like for me, it was cut- the yellow slip dress was to me like a weird homage to how to lose a guy in 10 days because she wore that yellow dress and it had it was a formal dress but it had like a slip like feel for being a formal dress that's what it reminded me of like I was like oh shit um she looked so pretty in that the way it was just like on her skins and like I think that moment um I think like that vulnerable moment of like ooh, like I'm getting ready I'm gonna like how do I position myself? Like, even though you're familiar with this person, like you're trying to, uh, I don't know, like do something nice for them because you love them. Oh yeah. And almost like reinitiate it. Like everything that we know or like have heard from comments and looks and, you know, all our little context clues is that like, they have a somewhat awkward sex life. So Mm -hmm. like not, I I've said before that it's not a compatible sex life just because it's like, you know, the whole thing. So seeing her trying and putting herself out there, you could tell it's like probably very uncomfortable for her, but that also really shows like how much she loves him is, you know, like I will put myself in this very awkward situation and I don't feel comfortable at all just to try to compromise with you and make Mm -hmm. you feel like, you know, satisfy you, which I think is really cute. And like telling that their relationship is better than what it came off to be in the first two episodes. You know, I think that they really love each other. From the beginning. Yeah, I did not. But, um. <laughs> but that's not to say, like, you know, it's, I just think I, like, for the moment itself, I just thought it was so cute and endearing. I was like, yeah. oh, that yeah. is really nice. Like, sure. you are sweet. Um, um, yeah, so then let's move into, because we have a lot to talk about with Harper and all of that. I think the... Honestly, I'm going to kind of like go quickly through the waking up breakfast bit uh, because so much happens in the middle of this episode that I want to get to. But um, the couples, uh, you know, Ethan and Harper going down to meet um, Cam and Daphne, I think what was really interesting about this is we're starting to see Daphne for like who she is, which is a fucking psychological warfare mastermind in this relationship um you know so I think that you know we're starting to see her kind of manipulate Cam a little bit like oh I'll just go by myself like it's fine you know and and we're starting to see the games that they play with each other um but But, ah, see the thing is though I I rewatched it today and you know I thought that too when I first watched it but what I caught today is that she says to him you know about the Noto thing like she's like this is the one thing I really wanted to do and mm-hmm. I said that to you. Yeah. So, like, I, yes, it's like psychological mind war, but I'm like, is it though? Like, she, not like that she has a reason, but I'm like, I get it. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, no, I agree. I think the reason why I say that now is because of something that happens later on in the episode mm-hmm. um, when they're actually in Noto. But basically what happens is she ends up, Aubrey tells Ethan right before this, like, I'm going to be nice. Watch me. Like, watch how nice I'm going to be. Yeah. And then so now she, she now it's like, okay, yes. bitch, now you got to prove it because yeah. you can't say no to this trip. Yep. Uh, lo and behold, ends up being an overnight trip, which if anyone ever surprised me with an overnight trip, I would kill them because I am such a fixed person. I'm like, I need to know things like that. But yeah, well, don't volunteer me for something. Yeah. Um. So it's really funny because Ethan is like nudging her and he's like, yeah, it'll be fun. Take pictures. And I thought that that was so funny because I'm like, yeah, like she got herself into this mess. I mean, if she was still being bitchy, she would have never been put in this situation. Yeah, I know. I actually thought it was cute though. Yeah, still. I did. Too. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, like stop. Like he, and like, I don't know, even though he's nudging her to like, to me, it felt like genuine that he was excited. He's like, oh my God, like she's going to do something with a girlfriend. And it's, pre- you know, it's kind of like when your parents nudge you and they're like, this is going to be fun. And you don't even know it. Like, and then afterwards, you're like, God, that was the best thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I, to me, that was like a moment like that. I was like, okay. Yeah. Nudge yeah. her. Like, she needs to be, some people need to be nudged. I am one of them. Nudge <laughs> me right into the best time of my life. Thank yeah. you. Um, uh, okay. And then we're getting um, Portia and Albie, which, oh, I will get oh, more into Albie later, but like, he, man. Something, you know, I'm not even going to spend a lot of time on it right now, but, um, he, God, he's fucking unbearable. He's unbearable to me. Um, I can't help but like him. I get it. He's, he is unbearable. He's annoying. I'm like, okay, like she's, you're not giving what she needs. Like you're just not laying it down for her the way that she needs it right now. Uh, and like, I guess take a hint. Mm hmm. But also, I feel like Portia is going through, God, like, her character right now is super existential. I'm like, oh, you are on an Italy trip of a lifetime. You're getting pulled, like, you're nervous all the time because you're boss. Like, you're not, you're always in a place that you're not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, like, she literally has the financial control, I would assume. So, like, you have to be on your best behavior because how are you getting home? Like, all of these things. I, I just, I feel bad for her. I'm like, no wonder you can't focus on Albie, even if he is a little bit lame. Like, especially if you like, you're like, I want attention. I don't care if this guy's a little bit lame. Yeah. But like, she's like, I am not in a good place. I want to enjoy these views and not take all these same pictures. And like, you know, but I don't know. I don't know. She's just, she's really going through it. And, you know, I feel like there's nothing that anybody can say that can help because Albie was like, oh, just throw your phone in the ocean. And like, uh, you know, nonsensical. But I was like, I (laughs) throw it in the ocean. See, me being vulnerable at that point, I would have. I would have been like, fuck it. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I think I would have done the same exact thing because it's like, ultimately, that's where all her problems are stemming from is that. But um yeah more on Portia and Albie later Tanya and Greg yeah. oh god okay so oh. we got, like, <laughs> of Greg packing and Tanya just sinking back into bed which should immediately be a meme like it should be meme <laughs> it was just yes. so funny um and then them at breakfast and her oh just god. oh my god crying and crying no. but but I love you that 
honestly, even though it was so funny, her saying those words really like cut me to my core because I feel like everyone has been in that moment. I know it was satirical. I know it was funny. I know it was ironic, but I'm like, God, like, I I feel like I've said those words in that exact like cry, but like a real cry, I'm like, but I love you. And, you know, I agree. It's not abandonment issues, clearly. I think everyone in this cast has abandonment issues, but I think everyone in life has abandonment issues. I don't even think yeah, of- everybody does. Yeah, everybody does. Um, but yeah, I mean, to- you're absolutely right. It's, it's well, very, like, very, just very, like being at the, yeah. And like being at the brink of just justifying, like caring for somebody you're like, you know, things might be bad. Things might be this, but I still love you mm-hmm. to the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like that, that mercy cry. Yeah. Oh my God. Seriously. Like, like, please don't leave me. And, um, you know, and then her mentioning redoing the prenup or getting rid of it altogether scares the shit out of me. And then um, he was like, yeah, we'll talk about it in two days. I was like, don't give him that opening. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that that's a little worrisome, Um, how desperate she is to keep him. I think she's going to end up really fucking herself over. Um, Okay, into the excursions. This is where the the meat and potatoes is of this episode for sure. And then obviously the ending. But um, uh, the Godfather tour. So, um, okay. So this, I already mentioned, I loved this. I thought it was great. Um, I think part of it was making kind of fun of it. Like Mm -hmm. there being a tour of this place that I, I don't know. It just, it all felt very like funny, like the dummy in the car and all that stuff. And yeah. You know, um, but uh, specifically the conversation that they're having at lunch, um, you know, I don't know. I, it's not that uh, like, so I think that this is where I'll talk about Albie a little bit and just mm-hmm. how it's just so ironic. And this is done so fucking well that like Albie is everything that we say we want as like progressive women, because, mm-hmm. you know, we want a progressive man that doesn't believe in gender roles and blah, 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 blah. Like just as anti masochistic chauvinistic as possible. But and mm-hmm. we get him and I guess I'm speaking for myself because this might be a very unpopular opinion, but he is, God, he is just hard to listen to. He's hard to like watch. He's hard because I can understand that he is like, he is almost doing exactly what his dad and grandfather have done where they're like making women feel uncomfortable, but like in the opposite way, like you're just being too all over me and like too like, you know, and so, so that's kind of like how I think about it. Like if I was, and we've all been in a situation where we're stuck around a guy that's exactly like Man this. Explaining a woman's um, situation. Yeah. So I think the reason it felt uncomfortable is because he, he brings it up like kind of unprovoked. Like I get it. I get where you're coming from, but you're going a little too deep for them. Just call him out and be like, hey, like stop being fucking weird. You know, like there's a young lady here, not from your times. Like she doesn't understand your flirts. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, I think, maybe a better way to handle it. And not that these older generations are undeserving of the conversations. I just thought it was kind of the wrong time because it was a little try hard. Like, oh, I'm trying to like let you know that I'm this woke, progressive man, 
you know, that's not going to hurt you, but like, you're still a man at the end of the day. And just because you are the smartest, kindest, calmest person in the world, that doesn't mean that it's going to work out. That doesn't mean that someone or me won't get hurt in the end. So like, you can't make those kind of promises. Not that he did, but like, that's just kind of like what that felt like rabbit hole wise. If I'm like facing that. Yeah, no, I love that you use the word unprovoked too, because literally the kind of, he started that on just the basis of the grandfather talking about how good the godfather was. And I'm like, you guys are literally at this place. You did this tour together. You're there as a family, like, and now you're here just dissing the hell out of it and basically calling, like, saying, like, mm-hmm. it's movies like this that make men like that. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, and even though, like, it was interesting, it was an interesting point of view, it's still, yeah, completely unprovoked. Um, I feel like it was kind of showy, you know, um, we have seen him even without Portia being there kind of do the same thing. Like in the first, the first episode dinner conversation, he is also on this side of it and not afraid to say something to his dad and grandfather about it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It just, it just felt like, okay, you're trying, you're trying so fucking hard to be, this progressive and you never want to make a woman feel uncomfortable and all this stuff that you say, but I'm just like, but you being like that is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for me to watch. Yes. And the other side of that on the subject of comfortability is like, I'll be read the room. Like Mm -hmm. you're making her uncomfortable by acting in this, like I am this progressive person way. And Mm -hmm. when like you guys are just like friends and what she really needs, because she is, not feeling her best like she's in a weird kind of shitty situation is for someone to make her actually feel comfortable now trying to get on her like hey i see that you're like we don't know each other that well but i can see that your boss is kind of fucking you up and like you know maybe we should try to go into the city and get gelato like maybe that would take a load off of you or maybe I can leave you the fuck alone. Like, well, yeah, I'm just saying, like, or like, hey, I went on this kayaking thing yesterday. I can tell you want to be alone, but I think like the fresh air might be good for you. Like, go check out this gondola thing. Yeah, whatever yeah, the fuck, yeah. you know. So like, I think like the only way to actually get through to her on Albie's behalf is is to give a fuck about her. So like, that's the thing. Like, even though we're masked in this in this niceness. I just don't feel like it's like he's genuinely is like, I'm trying to like get through to you. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I don't know if she wants that though, because later on in the episode, we see something else with her that makes me think like, maybe that would work for her, but I don't know if she's trying to be like that deep and real with somebody right now. And that uh, like my first sign that she wasn't really into Albie was when she got, so, and I understand like when you're being over, you know, when you're overwhelmed with emotion, sometimes you just word vomit shit out no matter who you're giving it to. But like my first indication that she wasn't really into him and it was that like she was so um, honest with him it, like at a very at early stage. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, this is in my case, like when I'm like that with someone of the opposite sex, it's almost like an immediate friend zone. Like I'm not going to tell somebody that I'm interested in all my shit. Like I'm going to tell somebody that I won't my friend all my shit so like that was my first indication that she wasn't really that into him so I don't think that to answer your question I don't think that's what she wants I don't think like I think it's good that she has somebody that she can vent to but at the same time like I think she needs escapism she went there to escape like Mm -hmm. she needs a hookup she needs something 
along those lines that isn't, you know, her day to day, either like fucking Tanya, like mm-hmm. giving her an anxiety, you know, panic attacks or like this one guy who like is just cannot see that she's not that interested. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and it's like, and like I said, we've all been, I mean, as women, I think a lot of us have been definitely me and you have been in situations where like a guy just won't get the fucking hint, but he's so nice that you don't want to hurt his feelings. But at the same time, just like, bro, like if this is not stop, stop kissing me. Stop yeah. it. That was so awkward later on in the episode. It was so hard to watch, but yeah. Yeah. That sucked really badly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's a little bit of like per, parading around in this mask and it it does like i want to like albie um and i think that like he's i think he's trying to like come from a good place but it's it's like over he's overdoing it a bit yeah um but i think there's a reason for that i mean like look at his grandfather and father like he i think he really truly doesn't want to be like a chauvinistic womanizer yeah. I don't think he wants to either. And I think that I, I like, it's just my theory that we're going to see that come out in a different way. Like he is going to, sure. he's going to, he's tries to be so anti, you know, so progressive, but like, yeah, I don't think he's going to take progression well. I think, I think it is pseudo like pseudo anti-masochism, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not visible, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, but anyways, I think there's just way more to come from his character. I, I'm not, he's not off the hook. I think that he, there's, there's some shoddy shit happening in that brain of his. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to take rejection well. No, not at all. Um, okay. The girls in Noto. So I just want to talk about everything that happens in the section with them. Um, so we okay. see like, the, the, first of all, it was so funny when they were like saying farewell and like Aubrey's face or Harper's face, I should say, is just like, what the fuck? Like, I am not at all happy. Daphne's like happy as a pig and shit. And then like Ethan is just kind of like, ha ha ha, bye, love you. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, what did you think about just this whole section? Um, well, firstly, let me start off with Le Architecture. Uh, of mm-hmm. the palazzo it was so cute it was so romantic i was like "Ooh, put some like cream fucking drapes in there and a little fluffy like chase and mm-hmm. it's a romantic fucking getaway i mean it felt romantic already i just really appreciated that it was really cute really pretty i i just i enjoyed it very much um the overall vibe of their interaction uh from all of that you know for me on a deeper level like it it kind of made me sad but when I rewatched it today especially the ending of the way that um Harper's character sits with the information that Daphne gives her I think I really appreciated because you know when you and I talked about it yesterday I think that like I wasn't trying to be pointed about like being on like a monogamous side or anything like that, because I accept whatever anyone else chooses in their life. Um, But I, I thought it was so nice when Harper just sat with the information that was given to her. She didn't say anything. She just sat with it. And like, I think that made me feel a little bit better about like 
my own positioning. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I don't have to be so fucking defensive. Yeah. Like, uh, even about my own beliefs. I'm like, cool, bro. It's all yeah. real. Like, mm-hmm. it is what it is, you know? Yeah. So, um, I think in, like, a womanhood way overall, like, it, it was sad, but it also felt really good and, like, empowering in a system yeah. way. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so what Maddie is referring to in the episode is where they're having conversations about the husbands and, um, you know, like, ultimately Daphne ends up um, admitting that she knows that Cameron's cheated on her at some point. And then mm-hmm. uh, Harper's character asks, you know, how, like, how do you deal with it? Like, how do you live with it? And, and Daphne's mm-hmm. just like, I just, I just do what I want. And honestly, like, so this is obviously a huge thing. And this is why the show is so good because it's showing two sides of the same coin. We could see the, um, the guys are having a similar conversation while they're at dinner, which we'll get to. But, um, you know, we can see clearly that Harper and Ethan do not have an open marriage whatsoever. They don't cheat on each other. They don't lie to each other. Um, and then Cameron and Daphne is a little looser than that. It's not open technically, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it's not necessarily closed either. And I think that Daphne and Cameron both have like this under, especially Daphne has this understanding that that's probably happening. Like she knows what Cameron does. She knows the guy that guys that he's around. Um, and she finds her like ways to be happy within that union. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a quote from another show that, uh, I just watched that said, you know, if I'm getting what I need from the relationship that I don't care what's, what's happening, you know, like, mm-hmm. so, so that it, like, basically Maddie and I had a discussion about it yesterday and we were just talking about just that infidelity versus, you know, open marriages versus monogamous versus all this stuff. And really it is just like to each his own, like it has right. to be that way because mm-hmm. there is no clear right or wrong. Like you cannot say a single right. person cannot say, like like one person cannot say what other people how they should be living right or like mm-hmm. what works for that union so we're seeing the two sides of it here and it's such a like good conversation um starter because it is so easily debatable just yes. like in the first season it was the class debate it was the race debate it was co- you know colonizers and all this the history yeah, that they did exactly just all privilege and it they discussed it in season one so well that I think that they're doing a very good job of discussing like sexual politics and relationships in this season. I agree. Um, yeah. So there was um, one thing that I wanted to talk about with Daphne and Daphne and Harper are at the piazza and they're getting lunch. And this is right after the fucking amazing Melina scene. Um, that Harper finds herself in with all the guys. Well, mm-hmm. God, it was done so well. I'm so happy. Um, it was but, cool. and she looks yeah. stunning. Like that. Also, that baby blue dress. Like it just was. It looks so good on her skin. Like I was like, whoever was styling and like picking mm-hmm. the shades, they did a great job. I know. I have loved absolutely everything she's worn so far. I mm-hmm. like. I'm just like, yeah. I need to buy her whole closet. Like she just looks so cool and chic. And mm-hmm. neutral, and it's great. But um, you know, boots. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're sitting on the table, and Daphne um, is talking about. She has a really interesting take on men, and she's like, "Why would you?" You know, basically, they get into a conversation about um, Harper 
being, you know, having like conflicts about being a woman. And Mm. I like, I think that that's super relatable too, given that we're in a man's world. But then Daphne has this really interesting take on why I feel bad for men because they're always alone. And Mm -hmm. it's very true. Like not necessarily men, men, male men, but like males in pretty much the entire animal kingdom are all very much alone outside of like a few species that are for the majority. And like a lot of times they're alone out there just going around spreading their seed. Yeah, exactly. So cases. Yes. I thought that that was very interesting. Um, the way that she even articulated it was it was done really well, and I was like, "Oh shit, I've never thought about it like that." Like, yeah, I think her giving the anecdotal story of the bull elephants was mm-hmm. just like a really good, teachable way mm-hmm. to to like explain it to anybody. Like, it makes it understandable for kids. Even I'm like, okay, like a kid could have understood that story. Yeah, if you used smaller words, even like you could break that down even more. You know, so like. You're right. I think it was really poetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, like, I think in a in a weird way, like, it's almost like a message to women, like, hey, you know, like, these men are gonna, they're gonna do what they want. Because don't in the animal world, too, like, a lot of women species band together. They, like, yes. have their little groups because they have to protect yeah. and raise. So, like, why shouldn't humans follow suit? You know, and I think that, like, in a weird way, we kind of do because, you know, not to be stereotyping or casting any, like, shade towards fucking anyone, but, like, a lot of men do leave situations. Like, Mm -hmm. they're, you know, so, like, it is the women left to raise. And, like, yes, it's single women, but single women have their families. They have their friends, you know, and it's, like, other women helping them. Yeah. So like there's women networks. Yeah. We see it a lot. That, that certainly has been the trend, Um, you know, and I, I agree. We, Maddie and I have talked about this a lot. Um, Yeah. A few years ago. Yeah. Like we, it's just, it's, it's constantly come up in conversation because um, you know, it is almost like, and it's, it's almost like this idea of like the sister wife thing, which like, I've heard a lot of women say, like, I really don't think it was that bad. You know what I mean? Like, when it comes to, like, raising a family, like, being able to do it with support of other women is always ideal. Um, you know, well, so, I, I don't know. It's just... it's to throw this out there, but, like, you don't have to fuck your husband several times a week. You got other sisters that will help you out. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Yeah. So it's it, like, and that's what, yeah, just ultimately so great about the show is that it's just, it's bringing all of these different lights into, or all these different conversations into the light. Yes. Um, yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, who, it just goes back to the original point of like, who's to say what is right for somebody and what, you know, what's not like, it's mm-hmm. whatever, it's whatever you want. But, um, yeah, but it was, oh, shit, sorry. Um, <laughs> Oh God! No, bitch. <laughs> um. So, uh, um. Basically, uh, what I would say, my point about Daphne and this this little monologue that she has is that it's really because it's not easy for me to feel bad for men as a whole, and she held, she struck a little nerve with me with this, and I'm like, oh shit, like you're right, and. It's kind of showing, I think, like the lines, not just in a relationship, but just men and women in general, that whole conversation. 
you know, um, everything that Albie has been fucking saying and whatever, but, uh, all right. So, um, you want to talk about the boys at the hotel? Um, oh God. Yeah. So before all the shit actually happens, but just their conversations. Yeah. um, So (laughs) I think the initial conversation was before the jet ski, right? Where Cam kind of like brings it up and he's like, Hey, like, you know, everybody cheats. Mm -hmm. And Ethan's like, I don't lie to my wife. And he's like, Oh my God, you don't like, that's cute. Yeah, and I don't know. Like <laughs> he kind of is like setting the stage, you know. He's like lubing him up, so to speak. <laughs> um, and I think also in this conversation before that is he was con- congratulating him on the money, or was that after with the jet skis? Um, that was I believe. Right, but that was before the jet skis. So, like, the, all those conversations happened okay. before the jet skis, so and then after the jet skis. Kinda, yeah, so that's how he gets his end. So, Cam starts congratulating. He's like, Bro, great job on the success, blah, blah, blah. And Ethan is, you know, side eyeing him. He's like, Uh, mm, okay, what? And then he brings up the money, he, you know, mm-hmm. which is what Harper said in the beginning. She was like, Yeah, I bet they invited us here so they could ask you for some money shit. You know, yeah. um, and he did. He was like, kind of like he was like, oh, he why didn't you tell? He guilted him into it. Yeah, and he's basically asking um, Ethan to, uh, like, invest. Basically, he's yeah to inv- not necessarily like invest, but just to put to. He wants to be his financial um, yeah advisor, like expand his ad- portfolio. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, clearly a motive here. Uh, and then also, God, just the little fucking shade. I think when Ethan starts to realize that like Cameron is not as, um, harmless as he thought he was in episode one, Mm -hmm. when Cam was like, Hey, why didn't you let me know? So I can insider fucking trade. Like, you know, so it's like knowing how hella illegal that is. Like that's where Ethan's like, Whoa, like, okay. Your morals no no bounds right because that's one of the worst things that you can do in any kind of financial investing and stocks and all that so like Mm -hmm. um yeah so that's really that's definitely when ethan is so yeah Yeah. but still you know like that's kind of like cam's in he he starts with something he doesn't talk about cheating right away but then you know they're eating they're you know and he's like yeah like everybody does it you know like what do you think these elite fucks are doing you know, they're feeding their carnal desires with whatever the fuck they want because they have the money to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to do. Yeah. You know, and like, oh, man, it was. I don't know. It's just always tough to hear that, I think, between people. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. But the the zinger here is that, you know, he he kind of points to Ethan and Ethan's like no like I don't I don't lie to my wife and he's like well how's your sex life and he hesitates for a second he's like "Eh," and he's like yeah I thought so yeah yeah um you know so uh I don't know I think that um oh god it's really like we're kind of uh glossing over into the dinner conversation here too but um that's fine honestly let's just talk about all of it the so yeah so we have this whole day of Cameron trying to just like loosen him up and then within that 
right before it was either right before the jet skis or right after the jet skis. Um, that's when Daphne calls. And I just want to touch on this really quick because this is where Daphne and Harper have a conversation in the pool that we didn't, we haven't mentioned, but this happened um, already given where we are in the episode. And basically Daphne was like, yeah, um, I didn't tell anybody because I wanted Kim to think we were having a really good time. Like I didn't tell anybody that we were sitting night. I wanted Kim to think that we, I made this decision like out of the blue because we were having such a good time because he's got abandonment issues and serious FOMO. Yeah. And I thought as toxic as as it is, I love the fucking drama and I'm just like, I I really like one thing that I love about Daphne is she is like very quickly becoming my favorite character. Um, is that like, she's like, okay, yeah, you want to play dirty. I'll play dirty too. Like I don't, you know, even later when she's talking about Cameron cheating, like she says, like, I'm not a victim. And like, I kind of just like, it's just nice to see somebody that is in a situation where they could easily be hurt, but wait, um, but that she is, is kind of just like owning it again, toxic as fuck clearly. But yeah. it's just nice to see that she is she isn't a victim. She's not somebody that's like just being ran over and taken advantage yeah. of. I agree. I agree. I think that's a really good point. And actually something that I want to say you just reminded me of because the way that she calls and she's like, Hey, can I call Cam first? Mm-hmm. Um it felt super manipulative. And it was weird to me that Harper just said, Yeah, sure. Like, because she's really inquisitive. For me, I would have asked her why. I would have been like, why? Why do you need to call him first? And I'm sure she would have came up with some bubbly ass excuse that I would have fallen for. But the point is, I have a feeling that Harper, yes, like the FOMO to this, like she's trying to get under Cam's skin, Cam's skin, but I feel like she also did it on purpose to get Harper over there because like she does to open up their conversation. And when she drops the elephant in the room, she's like, oh, has Ethan changed since he's gotten all this money? Because, you know, a, a nerdy guy, a guy that doesn't get a lot of play, when they get money, they change and they cheat. So, like, I feel like she knows Cam. She did it on purpose to to almost be, like, the person who guides Harper through it because she's like, if it's going to happen, like, it's going to happen. And I hope that, like, there's someone who's been through it here. I don't even know. Like, I might be reaching, but... Like, oh God, it just feels like too coincidental. I'm like, you went away for a night. Like, you you know letting Cam off the leash. Like, did you do that on purpose for your marriage? And are you, like, trying to stir up some... Are you trying to blackmail them? Because now we know that they're trying to get some money. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I think that, like, overall, like, what there's no way to tell, like, what her motives are for any of that. But I think that she is a big, like a key player in the event. She's not somebody that's sitting around and letting things happen like to her. She's not, she's, she's making moves. Yeah. That would be, but I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, it's also too early to tell whether she like, like her being, you know, trying to be close with Harper is altruistic at all, or if she's just wingmanning, to help cam's success yeah um, you know so yeah i think it's just way too early to tell but it's it's an interesting note and i i got the same vibe that like and i think that that's why like i just really liked her in this episode because i'm like yeah you're a fucking key player in this like you're, mm-hmm. you're the one making moves and you know we thought like immediately coming into this 
this season with this new cast, we look at Cam and we're just like, oh, this is the one we got to watch out for. But really, it's the fucking, you know, like the man is the head, but the woman is the neck. She can yeah. turn the head anywhere she wants. So yeah. it's just, that's kind of how I feel. It's like she's really the mastermind pulling the strings, you know, yeah. and Cam just thinks that he's running shit. I agree. Um, yeah. So that, uh, so basically back to the guys. Um, Daphne calls and tells Cam this. He clearly mm-hmm. like responds badly and is just like, right, fuck it. Like we're going to party. Um, and then, uh, then they have the jet skiing bit, which yeah, I thought was such a play of testosterone. I was like, okay, another good way to like bond and loosen him up. And like, you know, after you just drank, after you just, you know, was like, oh, like showing him that like we're buddies and I'm letting you know that I'll do some illegal shit. Like, oh God, just the, the buttering, just buttering him up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Ethan saw right through it, I think, uh, ultimately. And I think that Ethan in the end ended up making, you know, like just clearly yeah. feeling so guilty at the, at the end of this episode. Yeah, and so- I just, sorry, just to add um, about Ethan, like one thing that I think I can relate to, and I think like some people who are a little bit more submissive can relate to, like you, like I have been in situations, not like, not like this episode, but just like riskier situations where like I am in it for the fun and then Mm -hmm. like it can like turn out just a little bit more. I'm like, oh no. Oh yeah. You know, and like, I mean, I think that happened in my younger years, obviously when I was like fucking single and being a crazy person, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it just like I it like I just like that feeling. It again, it was like so nostalgic. I was like, oh no. Like you yeah. <laughs> kinda hang. You like you'll party with girls and that's fine. Like he's allowed to do that. He's yeah. allowed to fucking drink and do drugs and you know, dance and whatever. He's not fucking them. You know, fine. Fine. You're with your boy. Fine. Whatever. Like I'm f- so chill with all of that. Yeah. You know, but like as soon as like it it gets too hot to handle, too fast, yeah. too furious. This, oh my god, the fact that he's a runner and the cigarette smoking—that. Oh my god, me. I didn't even think about that. Yes, that fucking killed me. This man was smoking the cigarette like he was smoking the last cigarette he'd ever have. The longest drags I've ever seen. I, I was like Matt Harper. Like I would also be batshit terrified, especially because he made it a very. It was. It was it was very much made a point that they do not lie to each other. So, and clearly, you know, I think it's more so like, yes, you're totally right. I was going to say he is a submissive personality. So like, it is hard to get yours when you are submissive to get yourself out of a situation that could go bad. Mm-hmm. Um, once you see it starting to go bad because he does, mm-hmm. he tries to go in his room. Okay. We're just going all the way to the end. Fuck it. Um, it's too much. Yeah. 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 So, um, basically just before this, they're at dinner, they have the whole cheating conversation. They see the prostitutes, the prostitutes have now are, are unemployed, um, and looking for, oh, yeah. and so, um, they, they're kind of hanging out at the bar. Cameron sees them. He's like, yeah, well, you know, everyone fucking cheats. Like monogamy was, you know, is a, something made up and blah. And his whole spiel, um, invites the girls over. That's how this all happens. They end up taking Molly. 
getting really drunk. First of all, these guys did not eat anything all fucking day. I did not see a plate of food anywhere, but they had so many drinks. Yeah. So yeah, they were just, this is where bad decisions are born. No. Listen, and the, and the worst part about this, not a single fucking crouton in their fucking stomachs. And they were sloshing all those mixed drinks around on those jet skis in their stomach. They're just a whole mixed drink slushy, like wet willies inside of their belly from all the different things. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So we end up basically at the end of it where Cam is clearly going to fuck Lucha and making out with her and all that. Um, but he, Ethan does try to like escape. There was a bit where he's in yes. his room and they're all banging on the door and he lets them in. Of course. Yeah. Um, ends up like kissing Mia. He doesn't even kiss her back really. Oh, this. To be honest, if, he, if I was Harper and he told me this as, as much trust as they have with one another, I would give him the benefit of the doubt, but where I think, and now we're just going into a theory um, quickly, but what I think is going to happen is it's really going to hurt her because she's felt so vulnerable and their sex life hasn't been the greatest, especially mm-hmm. on vacation. I mean, they haven't fucked once and they're on vacation. Yep. Yep. So I think that, that that's really going to be like what kills her is how um, insecure she probably feels right now and then hearing about it. Whereas if this was... Yeah. Anybody else at any other time, I don't think, I think that she would be mature enough and just give him the benefit of the doubt, but that's not how it's going to happen this time. I agree. I agree. I think it's going to turn out bad for Harper in the end. Um, So another really nuanced thing that they did in that scene, actually, when Mia, or yeah, when Mia does kiss Ethan, they kiss for a moment and he cracks a smile but he immediately is like, no, like, no, 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 no. And I get it, you know, like new, you know, it's exciting. You're fucked up. It's if someone you've never fucked. Like, of course, like I, I get it. Like, it could have it been a smile out of nervousness too. Well, yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. But I was just like, damn, bro. Fuck. Like that one hurt my, that one hurt my heart. Um, so yeah, he bends down, smokes a cigarette, looks over his shoulder. Cam is fucking Lucia, and he, this oh my god, the mo- it's the stress was so funny to me. Like as as bad as it was, it seriously made me fucking laugh because I was like, damn, you know, like <laughs> you know, bounty the bounty hunter. Yes, <laughs> like when he would go get the person and give them like their last cigarette before fucking jail. Like that's the energy that I was getting. I was like, Oh no. Yeah. He's yeah. like, yeah. Fucking Mount Olympus is under attack. We're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know he probably feels so fucking guilty too. Yeah. Um, especially because he's smart enough to understand that like his really, like the sex life between him and Hartware has been, lacking and he sees now especially like today of all days she was really trying and so it's like oh fuck like this is what happens when she tries to meet me halfway and then i just fucking fuck it i just you know i shit the bed on it yep um yeah and then cameron doesn't care i actually am like i'm excited to see their their like hangover because shit is a joke i know um so i'm like that's gonna be that I'm just like they the girls are gonna come back and immediately know shit's not good. Yes. Um so um 
God, is there anything else you want to add about this? <sighs> I just want to note that Harper at the end of it is calling and yes. he's picking up. So that's right, because he's in his stress zone. Yeah. I don't think he, he even saw the phone. It was up on the thing he and he doesn't he's, see anything. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's in his fucking cigarette smoke, clouded, chilling, trying to figure out his next moves. Um oh, so yeah, no, we can we can move on to the next. Um okay, so ooh, I guess we don't really have to talk about the boys or the girls, but I do want to talk about this fucking tarot reading and Oh my god. Yes. Jesus. Uh um first of all, the her saying like this is a real authentic gypsy and then it's like you're not supposed to say that and then she just like says it over again and then mouths and i'm like like she is so like i honestly this was the first time that i was so annoyed watching her normally i can't take my eyes off her but this episode i'm like oh my god woman you are horrible like when she tells portia she has to come back Oh then God. makes her go to the fucking bathroom. Yeah. And oh God, it's then she I doesn't just, even get a tarot reading. I know. Yeah. I was oh, so I'm pissed so off for her. <laughs> yeah. She's so negative. Um, It was cool to see that though, you know, and I think it was so cool. Like we talked about it off the pod and you had mentioned that like that tarot spread is just like a classic tarot spread, the five yeah. spread. And um, it's cool because I actually did a tarot spread recently and I did that exact fucking spread. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, and I don't do tarot often. So I thought it was like kind of funny that it like lined up that way. Um, mm. Yeah, it was really neat. I liked it. I even though this bitch is privileged as fuck. And I think we were really seeing all of that this episode. She like mm. just the kind of having Portia at her beck and will and, you know. Oh just like just being kind of ungrateful for everybody who is in service of her all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was oh, frustrating gosh. to watch. I know. And then even just, but like she's... The way, like... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, but she's a kooky bitch and she gets the fucking tarot reader. And yeah. I, I was like, Oh, but you're spiritual. Okay. Um, yeah, and I think that she kind of just relies on anything that's gonna help her feel better. Like, she has no, she cannot self-soothe at all. Yeah. Um, so, you know, she reaches, and then when she gets something that's honest, it's, you know, she can't handle it. But, I mean, clearly we know, like, we talked about it on the last episode where um, Greg is on the phone with someone definitely mm-hmm. flirting, definitely yeah. going home to see said woman or man, who knows, but, um, or... I don't know. Maybe neither. Who the, who the fuck knows? But he's got some on the side. We know that for sure. So, um, you know, so it's it was interesting that that's exactly what the spread said. Uh, but I just want to say also the treatment of the tarot card reader was absolutely fucking appalling. Like yeah. her just grabbing all of her shit and trying I to. I was like, oh, my God, I hope this woman fucking curses you. Like, yeah, I hope truly. she curses you. Um, I do have to say, though, when they, <laughs> when she said, take your shitty little ashtray, I truly <laughs> cackled because I also have some um, sage and, uh, fuck, what is the other one? St. Paulo? Paulo, Paulo, Paulo Santo. Santo. Sorry, geez, where am I at? Um... I'm I'm high, guys. I'm a little high. Uh, but yeah, 
I also have those, and I just thought it was so funny. I was like, not you disrespecting yeah. these beautiful fucking herbs that were gifted to us. Oh my gosh, I know. For people yeah. to use as tools. Like, fucking that it made me laugh so fucking hard though because I was like, "Damn, son, my shitty little ashtrays." I think it was like probably in an oyster shell. It was like a whole little smudge kit. Yeah, um, yeah. So Tanya, God, what else happens with her in this episode? Um, I don't think a lot. Well, okay, so we can talk about her at dinner with Portia. Um, and so she's at dinner with Portia, basically just like just complaining as she does and she peeps that Albie is like waving to Portia in just this little kid annoying fucking way and (laughs) you know it's like you know the show is good when people can really get under your nerves by just like doing the smallest fucking thing um so he he fucking he like blows her cover and so now Tanya knows and um but it's really it's funny because the way that Portia explains how she feels about Albie is actually really nice. Like, she's just like, yeah, I just wish she got my heart beat up a little bit more, which I think is a very nice way to say the inevitable and the obvious, like, Albie fucking sucks. Um, sorry, I'm just, I'm just a serious yeah, Albie here. Women are fucking kind, and we know that, like, ugh, like, look, just because you don't like someone doesn't mean you have to fucking tear them down. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I, I really respected that explanation as well, because I feel like just because Portia wants that, and yes, that might be the, the silver lining, like, yeah, he fucking sucks, but, like, she doesn't need to, like, put herself on that level. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I just sure. appreciated the class of it all. Oh, yeah. That was for great. Sure. I, I know. I'm I'm stealing that line. Like, I will Aww. be using that at some point in the future. <laughs> it's just a really great, nice way of saying it, but... Yeah. um, And then Portia goes on to be like, you know... um fucking do not waste your life like going after emotionally unavailable men and i'm like this is the least emotionally unavailable man i have ever seen in my life like he is he is so available he has a for sale sign like tattooed on his fucking chest right now like that's how available he is but uh yeah we can see kind of where porsche's head's at and then she um yeah she kind of just like goes to the bar for a bit and then goes to sleep and we don't really see she goes to the pool Portia does. I'm talking about Tanya. Oh, sorry. I thought you said Portia. Yeah, we're saying goodbye to Tanya. Yeah. Um, and all the men are still waving at her and shit, which is great. She's like, bitch, I am just in my own throes of fucking depression and y'all still want this fucking kitty. And I will just give a small personal anecdote. When I was really young, and this says stuff about men too, not, not to call them out for, well, let's just call them out. They're fucking pedophiles. But that's besides the point i remember one time i was like 16 i was crying over like my first boyfriend it was like 2 a.m in the morning i had my license i was like i'm gonna go get a fucking smoothie and some chocolate to cure my sadness and i was in a big oversized sweater mascara everywhere i was just not looking cute and these men still wanted that kitten they still fucking were hitting on me at 2 a.m in the morning and i was just like bros i literally I'm so angry with a man right now. I could burn you alive with my eyeballs. Yeah. You don't, you know, so it just like, again, that like bringing it back to the beginning of the pod, just these horny ass man. Everywhere. Man. You can't, you can't get away from him if you tried. You you really just can't live with them. Can't live without them. 
Jeez. Um, yeah, no. So that, that was funny. Actually. Um, one of like the, my favorite little things from Tanya, this besides the like absolute horrible crying in the beginning at breakfast, but um, when worship was like, I think they're just smiling at you. And then you like see from their point of view, like what she looks like and the smile that she puts on her face is so bad and awkward. And I'm just like, Oh my God, woman, like you just can't get it right. (laughs) Like how you try, how hard you try. Um, Okay, yeah, but let's talk about Portia and the pool scene. Because first of all, why did it take three episodes to introduce this British fucking hottie that we have not seen yet? Because he was cute. Yeah, God, he was. He's, he's a little lurky he's, though. He was yeah. a little lurky, and I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, it, it's a weird intro. It's a weird intro, bro. Like, weird. What are the? What is it like? This isn't exactly right, but like weird flex, but okay. In a sense, that is kind of, like, what I was getting from that. Because he, like, comes in. He could have just been, like, hey, are you here by yourself? Like, I'm going to be swimming some laps in the pool. First fucking line is, I've got sensitive nips. I know. I was, like, what are you doing? I mean, I don't know. Maybe that would have been endearing. Because maybe I would have been, like, you know what? Me too, bro. Like, maybe I would have been so stunned and shocked that I would have had to be, like, why did you say that out loud with just me here? Yeah, I think I, I think I would have been into it. I think yeah, I have. truly, actually, it's a it's a conversation starter. <laughs> for sure, for sure, and it's you know it takes somebody that's confident and like forthright to say something like that. So, and I think mm-hmm. that that's quite literally what Albie is missing. So, um, and then Albie, the major cockblock, comes in because it's like you can tell that Porsche is into him, into this this guy. I don't know if he's British. Um, I couldn't get anything from his one liner of "I've got sensitive nips," but he doesn't. And that was going to be my biggest thing. Is like. How are there only Americans on this? Like there should, there would definitely be people from other countries. Um, So I'm like, if we get one British person, I'll be, I'll be okay with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously all American cast guys, I know, but nonetheless. Um, Good point. point. uh, So yeah, I'd be really happy if he was British, but then Albie comes in cock block as ever. Yeah. And like just like just goes to kiss her. Like God, this man has no game. This really oh. hurt my feelings. God, it really <laughs> just punched me in the gut and then uppercut me and then fucking curb stomped me. It yeah. fucked. Yeah. Okay, so you're right. He comes in major cock block energy. He's like, he, well, first he brings her beer, and I'm like, okay, cool. Like that's a good like intro, whatever. But like again read the room like she is not giving you signs and like he goes in for the kiss anyways like he kind of forces it because he's trying to be what he calls like more aggressive but i'm like that's just not it like i don't know exactly what it is you have to you have like the thing is like it's a little unwritten you just know like you know when you know Mm -hmm. um and that was not it so he goes in and she she like giggles while they're kissing and like so much that he stops and he's like, is everything okay? Oh, and like, dude, basically, I don't want to be kissing you. She doesn't say that, but like, you know, read between the lines. She couldn't have made it more obvious though. I mean, yeah. seriously. She's just like, yeah, I think I just like want to go to bed. I'm tired. Like, I really just need to lay down. And he's like, yeah, I'll walk you to your room. And she's like, okay. I'm like, dude, just leave her alone. Oh my God. This just, it just brings me back to so many times me being in this exact same situation and how horrible it is and how hard it is to get out of. Um, 
even just being kissed and not really wanting to be kissed, but like, it's not like crossing a line. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like, it's like, it, it technically, he doesn't have her consent. She doesn't really want it. I mean, if he asked her to verbalize, like, I don't know. Anyways, but yeah. Um, but yeah, just like being in the situation of just like, kind of like, uh, I don't know what to do, you know, like it, that in and of itself, I just think it's so interesting that we've had this whole conversation about him not wanting to b- make anybody feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. he says it literally in this episode and like that's exactly what he's doing now yeah just not in like a traditional man way except i guess now like kissing someone without their consent just randomly and in the middle of fucking conversation is also well, and also like look you know we've all been there where someone likes you or you like someone and they don't like you back and it's kind of annoying to the person mm-hmm. who is who is liked and being sought after Mm-hmm. you know and that is like it you know i want to say it's kind of like a kiddish cock block in a way like even like i i don't even want to say friend zone because it's like you're not friends with them because you know you can't like especially for for women like majority of the time like you can't be friends with someone who had romantic feelings for you because it's always going to be like that they're always going to try you like they're never going to respect your fucking boundaries and I, like, I don't know, like, I can't speak for every situation, but I think, like, on the flip side of that, like, women probably can be friends with men, even if they had a romantic, I I don't know, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I sound dumb, maybe I should eat my words right there, because people are shitty all around, and we, we talked about this a little bit last night, too, because of the, just the theme of infidelity and, and you know, what people are okay with. But I, I do think that like women are more likely to be like have, can have friendships with men, even if they were romantically interested and that man is not. And I think that women can, are more capable or not more capable, but more willing to respect their boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I could be completely fucking wrong. But it, like, just, it just reminds me of the um, TikTok trend where, like, someone, like, has a microphone on the street and randomly stops a girl and is like, do you have a, a friend that's a guy? And the girl always says yes. And he's like, you know, call mm-hmm. him and see if he'll have sex with you right now. And every single friend yeah. guy says yes. You know Absolutely. what I mean? So it's like, well, and, like, it kind of opens up the conversation that Cam was talking about that I think is interesting. And it's something that's been debated for fucking probably since the beginning of time. But, like this idea of like men are the ambitious ones Mm -hmm. and even Daphne kind of said it too is that like men are you know they're always by themselves whatever like so they're ambitious and even like sexually ambitious yeah you know like that that those two things in like the male anatomy um you know go hand in hand just like in nature so like it like it just natural natural beings like that is what we see that's the Mm -hmm. trend with them so it's not unfair of you to say that I think obviously we can't generalize, but like, right. you know, you're not, you're not wrong in saying that definitely. Right. Um, but like just bringing it back to Portia, um, God, on a lighter note, I'm just like, all I could think about was the wise words of Jules from Euphoria. <laughs> she needs to catch a dick. She needs to catch a dick. And like, <laughs> I am just so upset for her that yeah. she couldn't with this hot Brit. I know. I'm just, he was so hot. I really hope he's British. So I'm just going to pretend for another for seven now, days. At least. Um, yeah. Um, I really wanted her to test those sensitive nippies. I was like, let's find out. <laughs> like, yeah. take us on this journey. Uh, <laughs> I agree. She's not able to li- live her best whole life right now. And yeah, I think. But, you know, 
You know, so another thing I just want to say on Portia and talking about her not living her best life in all realms, like not being able to catch a dick, not being able to fucking stand up to her boss, which I think has stipulations in its own right. Because like, again, this person's paying her, this person took her on the trip, like she needs to get home, those kind of Mm -hmm. things. So like, it's, you have to be a little bit more careful. But one thing that I wish Portia would do is stand up for herself a little more and set those boundaries, even with her boss, because I feel like. Tanya is somebody that needs to be put in her place, whether or not she's privileged. Sometimes like if she hears it from someone who like actually gives a fuck about her, she will take it like with more than a grain of salt, you know? And I think even with Albion, like, listen, fuck his feelings. You literally met him on this trip to Sicily. You're going to leave in three to four more days. It's not like you guys are exchanging Instagrams and phone numbers and Facebooks and like, right. Being becoming each other's pen pals. Like, fuck Albie tonight and then fuck this hot Brit tomorrow who gives a fuck and tell just be honest just like I feel like she's kind of scared to like be rude to Albie and I get it I get it like no I think you know and taking away sex at all or like identifiers male female men women whatever the fuck I'm like just as like a human human to human like I get not wanting to hurt somebody or be rude so I understand that but I'm like he is not going to give a fuck about this in a year. You're going to be like, hey, like, I really want to try to fuck this guy in the I pool. I mean, well, um, yeah, no, I mean, I agree. She needs to be more assertive. And I think that, like, one of the things that makes it so awkward is that, like, when you're on vacation, you can't avoid it. Like, you can't avoid seeing these people again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, also, but, like, she needs to, like, set Albie straight at some point because they live pretty close to each other back home. So I'm like, he thinks that there's potential here. And then that also sets it up to where it's not just going to be a weekly, like a, a, a vacation fling, you know, mm-hmm. when there's a possibility of them actually continuing when they get home. But, um, you know, I think that that likely, like the whole thing with Tanya, we can argue that and say, Tanya paid for her to be there. Tanya, you know, she needs to get home. Right. So she has to just suck it up and deal with it for the time being with Albie. What makes it, not like yes about her not wanting to hurt his feelings but also all the more awkward is that like there is no way that they she can avoid him this whole time mm-hmm. you know this is only day three so like they've got four more days here where you know trying to avoid somebody in this like resort is or his dad or his grandfather mm-hmm. like that like almost impossible so like i get it it's just so fucking awkward i feel like i understand why she feels like she's stuck but you're totally right. I mean, she's not, nothing is going to get better for her until she can be assertive. Yeah. Um, and like, I think that she's just in such a like disarray of chaos in her own life that like, mm-hmm. it's hard for somebody to be confident in themselves when, yeah. you know, like in order to be assertive, you have to be confident and, you know, and she's just not right now at right. all. Right. And I think it's also really hard to be two different modes of, being like or of people right so like to have two personalities like you are doing and saying yes and bending over backwards for your boss because you have to but like it's also hard to like switch gears and be like but I'm gonna also be this powerful woman outside of that and like be like a sexual prowess and live my little Italian dream and like yeah I'll be on call and do whatever the fuck I gotta do there just to like get through the grunt of it but you know, so like, I think it's hard to like flip that switch. So I'm like, okay, she's taking it already in this realm. So like, it's hard to get out of that energy, that mode. So of course, like, it's going to bleed over a little bit. Like she's already saying yes and blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't want to hurt my, and you know, like whatever for her boss. So like, 
why would she switch it up now? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I think exactly. that's just a small, small part of it. But I think there's, you know, a lot of things that are playing into, you're right. Like she's in a disarray in general. Like she's, yeah. like, she's on the phone. She's on FaceTime with her best friend eating a sandwich in the fucking hotel room crying in fucking Italy. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I know. She, she just deserves so much better. She really does. And like, I think that if there's one person that's totally, um, like that is like the ultimate victim here, it's her. I would actually be like, just thinking about her character going forward, it would be really interesting to see if like, she like, she just like wakes up one day and is like, fuck this and just becomes a total asshole. Um, I would really love husband's. <gasps> oh my god that would be awful what if she fucked Ellie's dad <gasps> she does that's a fucking yeah, storyline like older guys for some reason like even the way that she, I don't know like even the grandfather like I thought that from the very beginning like the first episode I was like why are you so interested in the grandfather yeah yeah she it was I don't know just kind of like I mean I think she was just being polite but still I was like hmm yeah um yeah but that would be like epic honestly okay this is fun because we have pretty much covered everybody i thought that this was going to take a lot longer to get through everything that happened um is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about like character wise before uh i don't think so i think we pretty much covered everything because tanya she had her small bits um Oh, wait, you know what? I do want to talk about the resort manager a little bit, just really quickly, because we touched on her in the beginning. So we see her, you know, being, like, tough as fuck getting her espresso. Like, don't fuck with me. Like, a a fucking man every day tries to get in my fucking pussy. Like, this is old news. I'm just trying to get my shit. And then we see her at lunch feeding the little kitties, which was so goddamn cute. Oh, my God, so cute. That was so sweet. And then... We see her again with the employee that comes up to her and says, hey, like, you are, like, I respect you. Like, you're still here working. And I especially respect how you are with the men. And the way that she responds is, like, super, well, she's, like, in her work. She's in her zone. So she's kind of like, oh, okay, like, cool, thanks. Yeah, like, whatever. Cool. You're you're a good worker, too. Like, you know, it's kind of bland. But I also think the reason that it is because the they kind of, like, pan to her face. And she literally looks dead inside when this girl is talking to her especially right after she says and the way that you handle the men and mm-hmm. like i'm like i feel like she it it's almost like her eyes were saying it's not something to be respected that i'm mm-hmm. like this and you're too young to understand that right now like i yeah men suck but like the reason i am so hardened is because men have been so like shitty so shitty and you haven't like you'll be like this one day just you mm-hmm. wait that's kind of like how i read that i don't know that's just my theory but um it no, like we it's a really interesting her, take, yeah but what say that again sorry i said it's a really interesting take yeah yeah but like i'm interested to see more like with her for sure i think we mentioned that in the beginning but yeah that was the last thing that i just wanted to mention that little that little scene with the other employee yeah um okay i just want to talk about the um like what's to come i just almost inspired myself by saying um if portia fucked dom's character that would be fascinating because it's just like okay so i'm almost like 
What do you think is the craziest thing that could potentially happen? Like, I mean, what would be the craziest if she fucked the grandfather? But I don't. <laughs> I think I, truly, like the hoes, it makes sense because like they're hoes and they'll get paid. Um, but yeah, that would be the wildest fucking fuck storyline. Uh, but you know what? I actually I I want to dig into yours a little bit more because I think that it actually makes a lot of sense. Portia fucking the dad because the dad is right. He's in between Albie and he, and the grandfather. And like, I think that like, she's old enough to be into like an older guy and he likes young, beautiful woman. Portia is gorgeous. And I think that like, he has the quiet, subtle, like strength in a way that would work for her energy. Like, Oh yeah. Like, and that would, you know, like, for the for the hotels you know what i mean like that would be that thing that she's like oh i did this in italy i fucked this guy's dad and it was fucking great and we did it Mm -hmm. did it for the story um yeah i also think just like the way that the characters are like specifically with dom he is not gonna be on the straight and narrow for the rest of the season there's no fucking way like he not on episode three. We got four no. episodes left. And I think that when he, cold turkey, the fuck? No. Yeah. And I think that when he fucks up again, it's going to be really bad. That is how these storylines work. You know, it's like, it's like he's, we're going to get like, like a tiny bit of a character, like revival arc. And then he's just going to fucking plummet it. And and honestly, like the best way to do that would be to also hurt Albie at the same time, um, just to be so fucked up that he is like in in like in the mindset to be able to do would something like that. So hurt the grandfather in turn because that would tear the family apart even further and make him again the most hated fucking man in his family. Yeah. Well, and like we already see. So like whether this actually happens or not, like this is like not even based in theory here, but. Albie, when Portia has to leave their lunch to go help Tanya, Albie blames Dom and Mm -hmm. like he casts blame on him. So when Portia inevitably cuts things off with Albie, I think that Albie is going to like, that's going to, he's like, the blame will be on Dom again. That's I think what they're setting up Mm -hmm. right now. So like, so it would only make sense if like, you know, Dom, like Albie blames Dom, stops talking to him. Dom, you know, goes on a fucking bender again. Porsche's there. Bada bing, bada boom, you know? <laughs> no, but I'm just like, Porsche, do it for the story. Do yeah. it for the story. Do it for the story. Yeah, you know? honestly, this man is tense, which means he's probably good, but. <sighs> I mean, it is Michael and <clears throat> He's a fine bitch, that man. Mm. Um, yeah, she needs Okay, another. <laughs> Yes. Uh, another thing that was hinted at earlier was the Harper Cam thing. Mm. I still think something's going to happen. Well, with oh, that. okay. So I'm glad that you brought that up. So I actually think that that even has more weight now because I think the way that it's going to play, I don't know if you watched the thing for the next week, which I finally did watch yes. this week. So they do show that I found it. <laughs> it's not at the end of the episode. You got to go inside and then you got to go down and then you get, you know, and then there is there. Um, so uh, I think that it could happen potentially because we see a little bit of like the next morning, the hangover. And I, because of how true Ethan and Harper are with each other, 
And like, you can already see they're trying to like play it off. Like, Oh yeah. Like he, he was killing it on the dance floor. I think that she's going to pick up immediately that he's not telling the whole truth and she's uh-huh. probably going to press him. And then he's not going to say anything. Cause he's like, I don't want to make the rest of the trip awkward because he knows if he says something, she's going to tell her because she's like a fucking, you know, she's like a lawyer for the rights of like people that are like on the tail end of wrongdoings. Yeah. You know? So like, I feel like she's going to feel, he knows that she'll feel dutiful to tell her, especially with what has now been shared with her from Daphne. So mm-hmm. I think that because he's not going to tell her, I think she's going to get all fucking crazy and anxious in her head and think that he has done something, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that to maybe to get back at him, she'll fuck Cam. I mean, well, and like, and ultimately the only thing that we do know at the end of this is that Daphne, because she's the only one that we see in the first, the the beginning episode where she's on the beach and she's happy you know so like like i don't think that that relationship implodes but i do think some sketchy shit happens and daphne might just be playing it off like she as she does but um yeah no not like that is kind of my thought process too of like if they do end up hooking up this is how we get there it's off of the this situation happening and harper's hurt of the situation yeah um, but I just didn't want to forget about that because that was the thing that they set up from the beginning was this this tension between the two of them. Yeah. Um. Gosh, I kind of want Tanya to fuck someone too. Hmm. Who would I have to fuck? Sorry, we should just Albie. Play, like, the no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh God, that would be oh. fucking. Oh God, that would be terrible. I know. I know. No, she's oh. like one of these horny Italian men. Honestly, like there's a. Plenty to choose from. Just throw your mm-hmm. dick out there and see who it lands on. You'll you'll get someone. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think those are like the big like theories and questions thus far. Um, yeah, and then the the of course the who died, which I'm every episode I watch, I think who ends up dying is different, but I kind of oh, think that gets all those. Uh, I think. I mean, maybe I don't well, know, but especially I think- Lucia. Like, I think it might be Lucia. Yeah, so we do get a glimpse in the next episode of Cam not being able to pay the full amount uh-huh. that is due. So I'm almost, and they said Sicilian women are, you know, they had that quote that So I'm just like, I don't know, maybe she comes for that ass. And she's like, Cameron, you you need to pay me. Yeah. Um, but like, it's just every, there's just little bits that I keep like like there was one long moment of Ethan with the um the head I can't remember what it's called now but the the whole uh like folklore mm. um there was one moment or not Cameron but Ethan, did I say Ethan Ethan with him and then there's just like little bits that like give me like eerie feelings around the men like especially what as it pertains to that story and infidelity and all of yeah. that yeah so um not yeah but i mean they better not fucking i just okay let me just say this i'm sorry everybody i just watched midsummer but i feel like harper's gonna midsummer the fuck out of ethan in the end like that's what's gonna happen yeah maybe um yeah i hope not but maybe it's a theory theory, isn't it yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh okay well 
I think that's about it. Yeah, it is. Uh, thank you, listeners, for listening, for tuning in, you know, making us a part of your weekly hotation. We really appreciate you. Um, come check us out next week. We'll be doing this again until the end of the season, which there are only seven episodes, but we have some other stuff cooking up for you in the off season when things aren't coming out. Uh, we have some fun stuff up our sleeves, but we'll let you know as we get closer. Where can they find us, Sam? Uh, you hoes can find us on Instagram at hb.hose, Twitter hb underscore host. I fucking hate saying this every week. <laughs> It's just so annoying. Like, oh gosh. Um, and you can always email us at hose at hbhost.com. Like, comment, subscribe, follow us, uh, you know, do all do all that stuff. Yeah. Help us get you know, up there. We want sponsorships, guys. We want monies. Yeah. So, and one day we will streamline all of our usernames. We're we're sorry, we're not sorry. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Uh, all right. Bye, hose. Toodles.